All right. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to SaberSim's DFS Office Hours here. It is Wednesday, July 27th of 2022. My name is Jordan. Uh, I'm joined here today with Eric, uh, one of our data scientists here on the team who's been working hard on the baseball sims for, what has it been, the, the past couple weeks here or a month or so? Yeah, about two or three weeks, maybe. Okay. Been, so. Cool. Yeah. And That's we are... Clearly both wearing the SaberSim uniform here. Uh, both got the fresh SaberSim polos on here today, which was a, a, a total accident, but uh, definitely makes us look spiffy on stream here today. So uh, anyway, um, Eric, I'm going to just go ahead and let you get started here and, and tell us what you have been uh, working on. Yeah, so what I've been working on for the past uh, sort of two or three weeks uh, has been how in the sim we're deciding to to pull a starting pitcher. Um, and so obviously this is important uh, to get sort of that distribution correct um, to where, you know, we're not letting a pitcher just go to 100 pitches. Uh, and also we're not pulling them too early. Um, so that's kind of, you know, the general idea is we want to, to match that up to how managers are, are pulling pitchers in real life. Sweet. Um, so yeah, so it looks like we've got a slide here for, you know, what we were doing before. Do you want to kind of break down like how, how we used to, um, handle this in the, in the Sims? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I guess it kind of all starts with, uh, our baselines that we're projecting for pitchers. Um, and so just kind of to, this is more of just like background. Um, and we still do use, use the baselines. Uh, but essentially what our baseline is trying to do is kind of create a, a context neutral sort of number of pitches that that a pitcher is is gonna you know pitch in a given game so you know a pretty average like they're not getting beat up they're not striking everyone out like just kind of their average um because obviously someone like corbin burns they're going to be a little bit more trusted uh, than, you know, some sort of back of the rotation arm. Uh, and so Burns's baseline would, would be higher than, you know, this, this worst pitcher. Um, so that's kind of like the background of, of the baselines where we sort of start from, uh, mm -hmm. and that's both with the previous model and then also with the new model. Um, but so with the previous model, kind of, I think where we were running into issues is we were either predicting a pull of the pitcher or we were predicting that they were staying in um, and it was a you know it was just a binary outcome mm -hmm. where essentially if they met you know certain criteria in terms of how they're pitching how many runs they gave up <clears throat> um, that type of stuff we would just automatically pull them um, and you kind of can see that in these just distribution curves so the way to read these uh, the red actuals is basically, the you know similar pitchers to Garrett Cole and Josh Winkowski, uh, and sort of where where they're getting pulled. So um, that's the red actuals, and then the the blue is where we were pulling them in the sim previously. Uh, and so you you almost can see sort of where those thresholds were being met and where they weren't in terms of like the you know the the spikes up and down. Um, and so for Garrett Cole, we're obviously leaving him in like way too long, uh, compared to, compared to the actuals. And then for Winkowski, uh, you see those spikes, uh, and you know, we're pulling him a little bit too early. 
and then not pulling them enough and then pulling or yeah and then not pulling them enough um and so in general like i think the basis behind a little bit of the improvement to the model was just everything else in our baseball model is based around probabilities mm-hmm. um so you know is is this out a strikeout or is it not or is this batter going to get a hit or is it not um and so we assign a probability to that event but for our pitcher pull model we either were just giving them a one or a zero uh and so a big improvement there is you know getting sort of the continuous probability uh of of the pitcher being pulled gotcha okay cool so in the in the old version it was like if this criteria is met then that guy always gets pulled out of the game in that particular sim yeah Gotcha. Okay. And you mentioned one thing I wanted to ask about. You mentioned these these this red actuals curve and talked about like a similar pitcher. Can you talk a little bit about like how we come up with that? Like what what would be a like how would we determine what a similar pitcher to Garrett Cole actually is? Right. So it's I mean that is a tricky sort of thing to come up with. What yeah. we ended on was just matching somewhere within their baselines. Um and so you know Garrett Cole is going to be matched to pitchers with higher baselines uh so that's usually going to be your good pitchers mm-hmm. um you know you, your guys who are going a little bit deeper um and that, that's just kind of a good way of segmenting like you don't really want to compare garrett cole pitching to um i don't know who's who's a bad pitcher these days uh like garrett richards or right. someone like that uh just because you know the way that the manager is making their decisions around that pitcher varies because of how good they are and, and sort of who they are. Um, so, gotcha. Garrett Richards randomly catching L's on this stream here today. Cool. Okay. Um, so let's see, let's move it uh, forward here. So I think we, we had kind of already, um, you know, talked a little bit about where you took this, but um, you want to talk a little bit more about like what the, the research process here looked like? For sure. Yeah. So, I mean, in general, sort of the goal to start was obviously we wanted to, you know, generate a probability of mm-hmm. a pitcher being pulled between batters. Um, that was kind of, you know, the goal at the start of the project. Um, and so with this kind of with most of, of what I'm doing and sort of my process of going through and and trying to solve sort of that problem, um, I just like to look around and, and read on what other people have, have figured out about the problem or like, you know, research or writing sort of adjacent to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so actually I came across an article on fan graphs and it was, the actual article was talking about pitchers being pulled before the fifth inning, so before they're eligible for the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they had this great graph here, which shows just crazy spikes at sort of like the whole innings. So at like, you know, three, like 3.0, 4.0, 5.0, there's just big spikes um, where, you know, essentially they're getting pulled, like pitchers are getting pulled a lot at five innings flat. Uh, but once they go to 5.1 innings, they're more likely to sort of keep going. Interesting. Um, Yeah. And so that was something that I had never like thought of or noticed, which was, which was kind of wild. But so, yeah, I saw this, um, again, it's, you know, it's a process of 
you, you know, find something like that. It's like, okay, let me test this. Let me see how it improves the, um, like the prediction of the model. Uh, and so th that was kind of where I started. Uh, obviously we're still using stuff like the baseline. Um, we still care about how many pitches they've thrown to that point in the sim. Um, you know, again, I think times for the order is, is a big deal in how managers are pulling the pitchers, uh, where for the most part, managers are a lot more knowledgeable about the times to the order penalty, where if a batter sees a pitcher, like even twice in a game, they're more likely to, to do better against that pitcher. Interesting. Uh, and so just like, you know, a bunch of stuff like that, that you're testing and, and you're kind of, you know, considering the, the impact on is this pitcher going to get pulled or not? Gotcha. So, I mean, on this, so one, one thing, like there's spikes on this chart, right? Like we have, you know, kind of the, the five inning spike and the six inning spike and the seven inning spike. Mm -hmm. But when we come back here, like we see this kind of like flatter distribution in the actuals. Why, why is that? I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of interested in the discrepancy here of like this actual information that kind of gives a, a spiky curve and this actual information that gives a flat or like a more, I don't know. I don't know what the word is. It's just like a smoother, smoother yeah, curve. A smoother yeah. Curve. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, this, this just comes down to uh, in, in these, in these graphs, we're looking at the number of pitches. Got it. Um, versus the, like the innings pitched. Uh, and so, you know, like four, five innings pitched, that could be 86 pitches. It could be 83. Like that's more of a, um, I guess the innings pitched are more like discrete. And so you can see the spikes versus if someone gets to five innings pitched, like they could have a pretty wide range of actual pitches thrown. Got it. Game. Okay. I see. Um, yeah. So it's a different, yeah, different x-axis here. We're talking about like innings pitched versus mm -hmm. pitches thrown. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, cool. Well, let's move on here and and talk about now kind of where we are at. What is what does the current model look like in the, in the the new form? Yeah. So the current model again, um, you know, we're taking into account uh, things like the pitcher's baseline, how many pitches that they've thrown, sort of to that point in the sim. Um, obviously the whole inning, like we looked at on the last slide, um, we're looking at, you know, how they're pitching. So things like how many strikeouts they've accrued to that point, uh, how many like runs against that they've given up. There's a run differential, like, you know, it's, it's a lot of stuff. Uh, and then also to kind of continue with the, like how well they're pitching, uh, there's a walks and hits in the inning uh, or what? Yeah. Walks and hit hits in like the one, like in the current inning, I guess. Um, and so that's just kind of trying to figure out like, is this pitcher getting blown up in this inning? Um, because a manager is more likely to pull a pitcher if they give up six walks and hits in one inning versus if they give that up across six innings or, or whatever um so that that's kind of what goes into the model yeah um and then just in terms of like output 
Uh, obviously, we can see with with these curves, like it follows the actuals a, a lot closer than than what we had previously. And that's, I mean, that's really what we want is when we say like, you know, this pitcher is fifty percent to get pulled, or like this pitcher is, you know, five percent to get pulled. Like we we want to see that actually reflect what's happening in real life um, and how the managers are, are actually pulling pitchers. Uh, and, you know, these, these two graphs show that uh, it's, it's doing pretty well, at least for these two guys. So. Yeah. It looks like right, right on here. Um, I was going to ask one thing, like what is roughly kind of the Y axis scale on this graph? Like how, how big is this spike at? Like, what is that? 85, 90 ish pitches. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's a little tricky. Uh, like in general, uh, that you know the the number of pitches. It's like where the big spike is. Yeah, obviously is like the mean. Um, I, I honestly I don't know that question. That's fine. Yeah, I would say like maybe like thirty percent, something like that. That that would be my guess uh, in terms of like. 30% of the time they're hitting like their pure mean. Uh, gotcha. Maybe. So, something like that. Um, I, I think also what's, what's interesting. And one of, one of the things that I guess has like changed with, with the model. And I mean, maybe some people have noticed uh, is in our projected mean, like on the app mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, with, when we're projecting, when we're predicting the number of pitches, um, it's kind of like a censored data set. And so essentially what that means is like with Garrett Cole, he could throw 50 pitches or he could throw 60 pitches, um, but he's not often going to throw, well, he's basically never going to throw 140 pitches. Mm -hmm. um, and so his mean is essentially shifted to the left. Uh, and so that that's kind of why our means have dropped. The median which is sort of more like that better reflects, I guess, like the, you know, the, the expected pitches for a pitcher um, that's stayed like pretty constant between uh, the old model and the new model. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, those do look a little bit lower than previously. Uh, but the medians are also sort of in line with, with where we want them and, and what it was before. Gotcha. So like kind of going back here. So it seems like for a, you know, a pitcher like Cole or, or maybe like a, an elite pitcher overall in general, we were probably over projecting them, like just on average, if we kind of assumed that they were going to be in the game for a lot longer than, than they would. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. One of the things that we saw was, um, you know, with, these really good pitchers is um, we were leaving them in the games for like, you know, essentially to their max. Mm -hmm. um, and so what ended up happening was our 95th percentiles because they were getting so many games where they're throwing 120 pitches or whatever, their 95th percentiles were like pretty inflated. Yeah. And then their 99ths were like, this is the greatest game that anyone's <laughs> ever pitched. <laughs> So, you know, definitely, uh, I think that in general, and it's, it's a pretty small, like, 
overall impact on our average projections. Yeah. Like it's usually, you know, maybe it's a point, uh, something like that, but within the distributions there, there is, I think like a noticeable change, uh, where before someone's 99th percentile might be like 55 and now it's hovering at, you know, 49, 48, like somewhere in there, uh, where it's just a little bit more reasonable, um, in, in that because we're not leaving them in, you know, a bunch of the time hitting 120 pitches or, or whatever it is. Right. And that has a big ripple effect through a sim, right? Like, I mean, if Cole in a given game sim is coming out at, after six innings, the other team then gets to bat against like probably a weaker bullpen than, than Garrett Cole for the remaining three innings and, and so on. Absolutely. Yeah. It, uh, you know, I think in general, like obviously the the impact is directly to pitchers um but i mean there's another team on the other side right like if if we're improving how we're predicting our pitchers we're also improving the, the batter side as well right okay cool so i mean we've talked a little bit about like cole and especially these these kind of good pitchers. I know um, you put up two different kind of pitcher archetypes up here for a reason. What, what would you say was like the overall change or like positive effect on like maybe a, a weaker pitcher? Yeah. So with, with sort of like the back of the rotation guys, like yeah. Winkowski, um, I guess Garrett Richards, another <laughs> shot at him. Uh, um, in general, what, what we saw was we were just pulling them too early. Uh, and so this, what this had to do with is they were just more likely to get a little bit beat up. Um, they would cross a threshold that we had set and we would just take them out. Uh, whereas in actuality, they're, you know, they might get beat up a little bit, but it's not like, oh, this guy gives up, you know, five hits and two runs and like he's automatically out. Like, that's mm -hmm. just, you know, the, the managers want even these guys to eat some innings. Um, and you know, we'll leave them in for maybe longer than they should. Um, and so what we saw with the weaker pitcher pitchers, is essentially we were pulling them too early. Uh, so we were getting to the bullpen a little bit too quick. Uh, if the bullpen in general is better than these weaker pitchers, uh, that's hurting sort of the ranges of outcomes for the opposing batters. Uh, and so I think a big improvement here is with weaker pitchers the opposing batters are going to be hitting against that specific pitcher for a little bit longer um which should just help to drive uh i guess you know percentile outcomes for for the batters as well gotcha yeah and i mean looking at this here it kind of seems like you know for for a guy like Winkowski, where you're almost over projecting like the the worst case and the best case for him here on the old model, yeah. whereas just missing what's actually like represents the biggest or most likely outcomes overall. Yeah, and I think you can see that in the percentiles as well. Mm -hmm. uh, before our you know our 25th and like 85th percentiles, uh, they were a lot wider. Um, whereas now they've shrunk, um, which just reflects like, okay, we're not pulling them too early and we're also not leaving them in too long. Um, which just, yeah, it helps to, well, we tighten that distribution, which more 
which just more accurately reflects what's actually happening. Gotcha. And I'm curious, I know sometimes th this can be sometimes a, a hard question to answer, but what is this like little hump that we see here? Like it looks like we both, I mean, even for Cole a little bit, we have this like tendency to like pull a pitcher super early sometimes that has also kind of gotten smoothed out a little bit. Um, you know, I'm not 100% sure. I'm just looking back at the at the old code. Um, my guess would be it's in like the, you know, something with one of like the threshold sort of like items. Yeah. Uh, where those are like correlated in a way. Um, so it could be like earned runs against are obviously correlated with how often a pitcher is getting outs or, or something like that. Gotcha. Um, and so when those two things are correlated in that way, uh, you know, essentially it's just like another threshold spike to hit that yeah. occasionally we were, we were hitting too much. And I mean, it does, it, it definitely seems weird intuitively. Like it, even if a pitcher is just getting totally lit up early in the game, it would seem weird that like they were more likely to get out after 40 pitches than like 55 ish or something like that. Like you have yeah. to throw pitches to give up runs and, and like make mistakes. So it, it does kind of make sense that like this curve should increase smoothly to at least the mean. Um, yeah. And I mean, it's, it's hard, like, you know, it's, it's hard to get taken out at 35 pitches, right? right. Like, you know, and obviously it happens and depending on baselines and, and that sort of stuff, like it happens. Um, but you, yeah, you really have to get hit around to to get pulled at thirty five pitches. Like, it just right. doesn't happen that often. So one one other thing I wanted to touch on. So you had mentioned like all of these different factors that are ultimately kind of coming in to to play here in in the new model, right? Like times through the order. I mean, total pitches thrown, runs given up, walks given up, strikeouts. Some of this stuff like in the current inning. How how did you ultimately like think about? balancing all of those different factors and kind of weighting them accordingly and, and figuring out like, you know, all this stuff matters, but this matters a lot and this matters a little bit less and, and so on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's nice because the, the regression can kind of do that for you. Yeah. Right? Like the, um, you know, I'm not making decisions on, Oh, do the number of pitches to a point matter more or do like the number of walks and hits matter more? Um, that can all be handled, I think, like by the regression in terms of importance um, and stuff like that. And, um, you know, for the most part, I would say that the difference between the old model and the new model is the new model is a lot more centered around, like it gives a higher weight to the pitches that they've thrown and, you know, their baseline. So essentially what they're expected to sort of hit and mm -hmm. what they've hit versus the old model, I think gave a little bit too much weight to some of like the performance metrics um, where it's like if they're pitching well or if they're not. Um, yeah, all of that is sort of handled in the regression. Gotcha. The only real, I guess, like decisions is when you're putting that much stuff in and a lot of it too is correlated in terms of like, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to get to 110 pitches and also like giving up seven runs, right? Like it's, it's a little bit of a tricky problem there because 
uh, you know, every strikeout you have to throw pitches and like, so right. you, you get some, some different effects there that you have to be a little bit careful of um, just in terms of like making sure that what the model is giving you, I guess, at like a factor level um, makes sense. Uh, so that like, you know, obviously if you throw more pitches, like the more pitches you throw, you obviously want your probability of being pulled to go up. Um, and occasionally in some of these, you can get like, you're covering that with something else. So then that coefficient is negative and, you know, you just get a bit of a jumble. So that, that's really the only spot where, you know, you're looking at and like actually making decisions on, does this make sense? Um, does it kind of pass a sniff test? Uh, and, and interesting. Like that. Yeah. That's cool. I, I I hadn't really ever like thought about that in that way until you just you just said it. But like I noticed that even last night, like I was watching, following along with the games, and Luis Garcia went out and like in the first inning, I think he had like two or three strikeouts, and then he had like five strikeouts through two. But he was also already at like forty five or fifty pitches, just because like yeah, I mean you can you can get an out like an in play out really quickly, but it, it takes at least three pitches and generally a lot more to get a strikeout. So it is kind of interesting that like relationship yeah. there that you're you're like doing good things and getting strikeouts but you're also racking up the, the pitch count yeah for sure um so yeah i mean it's it's a tricky problem like uh you know th there's lots of other things where uh you know you kind of think that you stumbled on something and you pop it in and it's like well this you know the, the output like doesn't really make sense yeah uh, um just because everything is so like I guess correlated together uh, with with a pitcher's performance. So, gotcha. Is there anything else that, like, as you were going through here and figuring out, you know, what's important, what's not important, that that surprised you or or stuck out as like, wow, I, you know, intuitively, I wouldn't have expected that to be actually predictive here. Yeah. So, I think, like, I mean, obviously, the the starts, like the the is whole inning sort of factor like that's that was a big surprise to me uh and it's funny too because i guess throughout the project like i've sort of been following uh it's like every night i go through and look at like when a pitcher got pulled and like what yeah. the line was and all that stuff and it was crazy when i first sort of came across this and then started like following when pitchers were getting pulled and you're looking through and it's like oh like 5.0 innings, like 6.0 innings, like 7.0. It it just it was insane, and it's like I don't know how how I never noticed that. Um, but I mean, I mean, the other interesting one I thought was, and it actually it was Matt who kind of came up with this feature. Mm -hmm. Is I was struggling a little bit with the like walks and hits in a game because uh, that's kind of where I started with with that. Uh, and what Matt said is that. You know, in general, once an inning is passed, like the manager kind of puts those to the side and almost forgets about them a little bit. Uh, where it's like obviously five walks and hits matter, but what matters more is like in the current inning, how many walks and hits are there. Um, that contributes to like the base state out or the base out state, um, where it's like okay, now there's a guy on second and third and um, so yeah, that, that was another interesting one where it was like, I think the, you know, the first instinct was just to go to at the game level, like how many walks and hits 
are sort of like, has this pitcher given up? Mm -hmm. uh, but then reducing it into the inning level, which was more of what the manager looks at was, was really interesting to me. Is there any discrepancy like team by team there, like either at like a manager level or, or on a, just like an organization level where like, you know, maybe, um, I don't know the the rays are like much more likely to focus on what's happening in that current inning, but some other team the the Dodgers are like really maybe a little bit more focused on like what the pitcher has done to that point or, or anything like that. Uh, I think there, there probably is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not accounted for in the gotcha. model. We just, we just kept it as sort of like a league uniform, sort of uniform whole, um, I guess average. Uh, but d definitely that, think that that does happen where it's like you know some teams if someone gets into the sixth inning and they give up two base runners like maybe they're just instantly out of the game uh whereas others might not be you run into some like difficulty there parsing out okay what is like the team factor yeah what is just like the player so if it's corbin burns on the mound and he has two base runners in the sixth inning like he might be more likely to go like to, to continue pitching. Whereas if it's some other Milwaukee pitcher, like they might just take him out. Um, so that's a difficult thing to kind of disentangle. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, yeah, that's just why it's, it's not in the, in the model. I think it, it is a value add, but it's tricky to, yeah, it's tricky to pull that out into its like true pieces. Um, so no, that makes sense. Another thing that it came into my mind is like, are we looking at the, the time of the season at all? I know like early in the year, pitchers don't really always have as much of that, like full leash. And sometimes I think even as we approach the end of the year, especially for teams going into playoffs, sometimes those starters may not get, you know, to throw the, the same amount, but it seems like right now in the middle of July, like, I mean, the, the aces are, are getting their hundred pitches most nights. Um, do, do we account for like what, what time of the year it is at all? Or, or is there anything, is there any reason to you, like, that's just my intuition, I guess, about how mm. the, um, the time of year matters. I mean, do we look at that at all in the research? Here? Yeah. So, I mean, actually, so we, we would reflect that in when we're predicting our baselines. Um, okay. So, so, it, you know, it, it is, it is reflected. Um, it's not like an input to the model in terms of like, uh, is it like early in the year where pitchers aren't stretched out? Got it. Um, or is it late? Uh, but actually one of the things, um, kind of interestingly is what I found in a lot of the research is our baselines obviously get better as the year goes on. Um, and so like the April baselines, I think that there is some value add there to be like, um, you know, this pitcher through however many innings in spring training or, or whatever um, to kind of more accurately, like, okay, this, you know, this guy's going to throw 70 pitches where maybe in the middle of July, he's throwing 95. Like, I think that as, as it, or yeah, as the season goes on, we're a little bit better at project or yeah, predicting those baselines um whereas at the start it's a little bit of like you can get some wide ranges of you know okay maybe we think this is like a 70 baseline guy because he's thrown one game and then he just hits like 100 and 
five pitches or, or vice versa even. Um, so. Gotcha. I, um, I think, are you still there? My, uh, I hadn't touched my computer in a minute here and it uh, almost sleep on me here. So I'm glad <laughs> I caught that here. Um, cool. Yeah. I, the one other thing that I, jumped into my mind and I, I think, uh, while I'm kind of just asking, uh, every question that comes to, to mind here, um, I forgot to mention this at the start of the stream, but of, of course, to everybody watching here, uh, we are, we are doing this live here, uh, and, and it's live for a reason. So if you have questions, uh, for Eric, feel free to fire away. Um, YouTube chat or the office hours channel in Slack is fine. Um, one, one other thing that, that, you know, jumped into my mind that I, was like injuries, right? Like uh, how, how does that get factored in, you know, a guy returning from injury here, um, you know, maybe probably has a, a bit of a different distribution. Uh, how do we, how do we handle situations like that? Are we, are we capturing that in the, in the SIM? Um, what does that look like? Right. So, yeah. Um, so that again is captured in our baselines. Okay. Um, and so with someone returning from an injury, uh, we're going to have their baseline significantly lower than if, you know, they had been pitching for two months. Um, and also like we, we have the max pitch counts in there as well, where, um, you know, obviously if there's a strict pitch count, like we'll sort of adhere to that, mm -hmm. but also even it, like if we're adjusting their baseline down, uh, because they're returning from an injury, their max pitch count is also going to be adjusted down where, you know, their, their max might not be 110 now, it might be 85. Um, and so Got there's it. actually an example today um, for the Dodgers where, where Andrew Heaney uh, is coming back. I think he was on a 15 day IL. Um, and yeah, so we have them projected for 14.37. Um, I think we have his baseline around like 70 to 75 ish. Uh, and then yes. okay. his, his, yeah. So he's, you know, right around that baseline. And I think his max is about 80 pitches. Um, and so you, you sort of can see that reflected in like, you know, obviously he's a like 9,400 or whatever on DK there. Yeah. Uh, he's only getting, you know, he's getting less than five innings pitched. Uh, so for sure we are taking into account, like this guy was injured. Um, he's not likely to come back and just get thrown right back into his normal workload. Mm -hmm. Um, so one of the, one of the interesting things though, too, with that is like, I think there's a little bit of value add in, like, we don't really, we don't explicitly know that he's coming back from an injury. Um, and my intuition would say that, sort of the left side of his distribution where it's, you know, zero to 50 pitches or, or whatever, that's probably a little bit higher uh, than sort of what we're predicting for him uh, just because of like re-injury risk. Um, the manager might want to be a little bit more careful with him. Uh, and so I think like some of that, you know, could be a value add where if there's a pitcher coming off of an injury, uh, their, you know, the left side of their distribution is, is just going to be shifted up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it might not make sense today with, with, uh, Washington's team, total, yeah. but, uh, you know, I think that definitely that's, that's something that could, could be a value add where just in general, like the manager is going to be a little bit more careful with them. Uh, if they're like dropping velocity or something like that, like it might just be an instant hook because they were just injured. 
Um, so. Gotcha. And th this, I feel like is, is maybe like, maybe it's a weird question. I, I feel like maybe at least it's kind of a bigger question, but you mentioned like, so something might be captured in the baseline versus something else might be captured in, in the model. Could you explain, I, and I know this is probably just more even just like kind of the theory of like models in general, but like, can you explain what, what, what a baseline is versus like what the model is or like how those two kind of relate? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. So our baseline, you know, in general is just like our, this pitcher pitches sort of an average game. He doesn't get hit super hard. He's not pitching the best game of his life. Um, but it's a reflection of like this guy's average game. And it's also a reflection of how long the manager like trusts him to be in there. Um, and so that's based on obviously like past data, uh, how many pitches that they've thrown um, adjusted for like some of that context. Um, and so that, you know, that that's really where the baseline starts from. Gotcha. Uh, and then the baseline is an input to the model where like i guess that's kind of where the model like starts per se. i see um and then on top of that we have like then it's like we put the situation back in almost where it's like then you know we're talking about how many strikeouts or like in the sim we're figuring out how many strikeouts this guy has uh how many walks and hits like all this stuff where you know we have that baseline of context neutral and then we're putting the context sort of back into into the picture projection. Got it. I see. Okay, cool. That makes sense. So when you say something like like the pitch count uh, from an injury is is factored into the baseline or the time of year is factored into the baseline, it's kind of like basically changing the initial conditions yeah. that go into the the system basically. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. exactly. Cool. Um David here in chat asks a really good question and it was on my list as well. Uh he said does this apply to relief pitchers and what about openers? Um, is this mostly starting pitchers or does this like account for, for the bullpen too? What does that look like? Yeah. So this is exclusively starting pitchers. Okay. Um, relief pitchers is, you know, kind of a whole nother ball game. Yeah. I think what we do with relief pitchers is, is essentially just give them some sort of like pitch limit uh, where, or like a, I think we maybe we even like pull them at the end of an inning or something like that, where um, it's just it's less like because they're going to throw 25 pitches or, or whatever. Uh, that's just like a little bit easier of a problem versus when someone has a range of, you know, 50 to 110 versus like a relief pitcher might have a range of like 10 to 30. Um, so, yeah, this is exclusively starting pitchers. Um, I guess openers would be in the same sort of box as uh, just the relievers, but then I guess like the follower of the opener, they would be classified as a starting pitcher. Um, and so they would adhere to this. Gotcha. Do you, do you think there's some value or like, do you think there's a potential project to work on in the future to, to look at distributions for relievers a little bit more closely? Or, um, I mean, do you think that that's something that's like pretty captured, pretty well captured right now? Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be interesting to look at, um, yeah. you know, I think like, especially with, I guess like the, the bullpen roles, I think that could be interesting where if you had someone who's a bit of a longer reliever, right. um, 
like that might be interesting to look at. Or um, if it's like, okay, this guy is, you know, a lefty specialist or something, exactly. where he's going to come in for two hitters, or I guess it's three now, but, um, you know, he's going to come in and like he is pitching one inning and like one inning only. Uh, th- that might be something sort of to look at. Uh, but definitely like the, the highest value was obviously with the starting pitchers right now to, to improve on that. And I, I'm just realizing now that like, I totally missed this uh, hidden fifth slide here. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what we're looking at here on this, on this curve? Yeah. So the, this just kind of shows, I guess, the calibration of the model. Um, and so essentially like what that means is basically when we predict a number um, when we predict a 25%, you know, of someone being pulled, we want that to happen in real life 25% of the time. Um, and so that's like the sign of good model calibration. Yeah. Uh, and so this is just, it's a graph of, you know, estimated pull probability and then observed pull probability. Uh, and so really what we're trying to do is follow that dotted line as closely as we can, uh, because that would show that when we predict 50%, it happens 50%. And, and that's what we want. Um, and it does a pretty pretty good job of, of following that line. Um, there's like a little bit, it gets a little bit off the line at the top, which uh, is likely just like a sample thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of this is uh, like unseen data from the model. So we're not training and testing on the same data. Uh, so there's just a little bit less data. Um, and also like, in order to get to an 80% predicted pull, like you have to, you have to clear 40%, you have to clear 50%, right? Like it's a, oh it's yeah, more of like a cumulative. So to get to 80% is hard. Um, so, but yeah, this is basically just more like validation than just looking at, you know, uh, Winkowski and Garrett Cole. Uh, and seeing how theirs line up, this is like the overall like calibration and and how well it works. Gotcha. I mean, one thing that that jumps out to me here is like this is so this looks so good, right? Like it it almost is it, it almost looks like a little too good to be true. Is this just something that's like that? It, there's just a lot of signal here, and it just like is like I don't even want to say easy. It's like somewhat reliable to to calculate the probability of this or like uh i don't even know if i if uh, if i have like a clear question here i'm trying to kind of articulate it yeah, but... no, I, like I, I think i think i know what you're getting at and you know i think definitely um to to take a guess at like when a pitcher is going to be pulled isn't mm-hmm. like it's not all that difficult of a task in terms of like, okay, we have this starting guess. Um, You know, we have some of these like context factors uh, and like, that's kind of what you need. Uh, And so, yeah, I mean, it like the model is good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, But no, it's, and I mean, this is obviously it's, it's like really nice to see where, um, you know, when you're like, you want to be predicting what happens, um, at, at the correct, you know, percentage. So. Gotcha. That makes sense. 
Yeah. No, and, and that's great. I, uh, there was a, a question here, uh, follow-up kind of on the reliever comment uh, from Eric, uh, another Eric here. Um, would it account for the projected long reliever starting in the second inning uh, and then not facing the top of the order uh, as many times or whatever inning follows how long the opener is supposed to go? Um, is that something that's kind of like captured, I guess, the, kind of in the sim then, right? Like that when yeah. the long reliever actually comes in. Uh, yeah, so I think this would... Like, I think this is more of a, it's handled on the sim side versus um, like the pitcher pull model uh, where, you know, we do have a time to the order penalty for like any pitcher. Uh, and then we also obviously are simming, like if the long reliever is avoiding Mike Trout and if they're avoiding Mookie Betts, like if they're only facing those guys twice, that's going to be reflected because we're going through and we're saying, okay, he's coming in and facing, you know, the fifth hitter and the sixth hitter and the seventh hitter. Um, and so it would be, you know, we, we would be accounting for that in the sim itself where the long reliever just wouldn't be facing those top order hitters uh, as many times. Gotcha. That makes sense. And one thing I kind of want to like get into a little bit here as well is, the the impact of this on actually like you know sitting down to to build lineups every single day um i know you know in some ways like if you look at this graph and it and you're thinking well red is what it's supposed to be and blue was what it was it, it it's kind of obvious that there's some issues here and i think you know mm -hmm. to some extent just like just being more accurate and having the graph look like this kind of speaks for itself but i'm curious if you could kind of offer like more on the dfs side of like lineup construction like what would somebody now that this pitcher leash model is in the is in the sim like what kind of improvements would somebody see to their lineups what what is going to be better uh for for somebody after this has gone live right i i think you know a lot of it is going to be in um you know obviously the, the distributions of the pitchers mm -hmm. uh, i think our you know, some of our like our 25th percentiles for someone like Burns, um, you know, Gallon there, those are definitely higher than than what they were before. Yeah. Um, where we're just, you know, essentially we're we're saying the manager is gonna leave Burns in to kind of like figure it out. Uh, which, you know, before we weren't we weren't really doing that. Um, and then more on like the batter side, I think what you're gonna see is against some of these weaker starting pitchers, uh, you know, we're just going to see higher sort of percentile outcomes uh, just because they're going to be facing those weaker pitchers a, a little bit more. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, like Sensatella today, right? At course, like probably just going to be expected to eat some innings against the White Sox unless it just goes horribly wrong, right? In the first <laughs> couple innings or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Um, where yeah, the you know the White Sox hitters they're gonna be having more plate appearances against Senzatella uh, than they previously were with with the previous model, um, which is obviously a, a bump to them. So, gotcha, cool. So yeah, I mean the other thing I'm thinking too, you know, since this is so much like kind of at the, ex the at the extremes, uh, a, a bit of a rebalancing there. I so I, I talk all the time about running research builds. Uh, on office hours, which is, you know, 0010 building as many lineups as you can and looking at how often players are showing up there. I feel like that's actually another spot where like those are going to be a little bit 
tighter. Like if you're trying to figure out, you know, how often is is Corbin Burns in the optimal, knowing what like the best and the worst outcomes look like for him a little bit more precisely, that you're going to get much more accurate information there as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely, um, you know, I think like mean wise for the mean projections, obviously those have improved a little bit, but definitely I think that sort of the big changes and like the big value adds have been in those 85th plus percentiles and yeah. then like the 15th to zero percentiles uh, where we're just way more accurate in in actually like predicting what a 95th percentile outcome looks like. So I think that's a, that's a great idea for the research builds. Yeah. And would you say, I know, so we had been talking about like Cole and Winkowski. Um, would you say that there's like a bigger effect for a certain type of pitcher or just like equal, but like different impacts on the way Cole and, and Winkowski's, for example, distributions have changed? Um, I would say, I mean, I think the bigger impact is likely in like the worst pitchers uh, sort of distributions. Yeah. Uh, just because like they were, you know, we had a lot of like a lot of in, in the one graph, we had a lot of times where they either were getting pulled too early or they were getting pulled too late. Yeah. Uh, and we, I mean, we really were missing like the bulk of, what they're actually going to do there. Um, and so, yeah, I think for the most part, it's more impactful there. Uh, I think too, like some of it that's interesting to me is um, a pitcher with like a higher baseline or like a higher, you know, max pitches, like they, they also might be helped a little bit more by this. So uh, if you think about like Zach Grinke or someone like mm. that, where, they're gotcha. like a solid pitcher, but you know, not an elite tier Corbin Burns or Garrett Cole. Like we're gonna let them go a little bit further, uh, even if they're not pitching as well, just by the you know, the sheer like we're not just yanking them. Uh and also like that helps too with sort of their ceiling outcomes. Uh, where, you know, we're just going to see that a little bit more uh, because they're allowed to keep going. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, just like this is totally anecdotal, but I, I've pulled up a lot of these distributions on office hours before and kind of talked about them. And like, you know, at a glance, they do look a little bit more like normally distributed than than I remember. Like in the past, I've talked about sometimes even like how some of these pitchers had really like flat distributions where you know, from what felt like their like 35th percentile to like their 85th percentile was all pretty flat. And this does like, you know, seem like, you know, for a guy like even Marco Gonzalez, like a lot more of his outcomes are a little bit more in that range close to his mean. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's just, you know, uh, I guess like that's because we're just usually, you know, putting them in that bucket of like, I don't know what his baseline or pitch mean is but like between 80 and 90 pitches like he's going to hit that a lot more than he previously did uh which is just going to lead to more of like you know just your sort of average solid day type of outcome right gotcha yeah. cool i mean so i guess we are coming up here on about an 
hour or so. Again, anybody watching along live here, feel free to fire away in the last few minutes uh, with any questions you have. One other question that I wanted to ask, um, actually real quickly, I'll just touch on this. So Matt had asked, uh, are these model updates live? Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, but this is this is totally live. This is up in production, right? Yeah, this cool. is live. I think it went live last Friday, maybe. Gotcha. So it's been, been a couple of days, but. Cool. Perfect. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, is there anything, you know, sometimes I know when we when we work on something like this, uh, we'll discover a different application for it. Like something, something from the research kind of like spurred on like, oh, this kind of like, maybe this works for, for doing something else within baseball or, or maybe even a different sport entirely. Are there any, uh, did you have any ideas as you were doing this research or working on this project of, of ways that this could be applied to, you know, other things within baseball or, or, or even the other Sims? I mean, one thing that just like popped into my mind was, you know, in kind of trying to simulate how long a pitcher is going to stay in the game, could this like help us potentially come up with like how many rushing attempts a running back might get or how many minutes somebody might play in basketball or, or anything like that? Um, or is this like kind of a, a uniquely baseball thing, just, um, you know, mostly useful here, I guess. No, I mean, I, I think that the the general sort of framework of what we're trying to predict with sort of like our starting baseline and then adding some context and, and that type of stuff, I think that that's applicable to, to lots of other things. Like, I mean, you said uh, football, like the NFL, I could see something where it's like, okay, if our, you know, our baseline target share for someone is 20%, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we want to match that up with what 20% target share receivers are like actually receiving in a game. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that, that could be another application where, um, you know, we have sort of this prediction, but like, we want to make sure that the bounds of that prediction, like makes sense. Um, and you know, another thing too, could be, uh again uh, just nfl on my mind i guess but yeah uh the like injuries especially for something like showdown uh where you just have some sort of like baseline uh you know like positional prior for is this running back going to get injured yeah because um, i think there was one last year where it was like dalvin cook got injured and then madison came in and just like scooped up all the work uh and so i, I think that you know, a lot of what we did here can be, you know, the general idea of like, okay, we start with, you know, some sort of input, but like, what are the bounds of that, I guess, input and like, you know, how, how wide is that actual distribution um, versus just sort of our, our mean input? Gotcha. Yeah, I think uh, NFL definitely on on everybody's mind. We are we are starting to get um, at least a, a little bit of a um, trail of of football strategy questions on this show here. So uh, talking a little NFL is definitely definitely welcome as it as it's coming up here. So um, I don't see any other questions here uh, coming in. I think um, I don't have any other questions as well. I've learned a ton, not not only just like even about this particular project, uh, but kind of just how the the baseball sim works and um you know the conversation about baselines uh compared to the the model compared to the sim and, and how all those fit together was uh super helpful for me as well um any other like final thoughts that you want to add on here anything that we didn't touch on that you would wanted to get to um anything else that you want to add on um i don't think so i, th I think we covered covered quite a bit so 
Cool. I think I'm all good there. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks again for uh, for coming on and, and chatting. Um, I know uh, you've been dipping your toes back into the baseball DFS uh, streets a little bit here this week. Um, maybe maybe having something to do with the, the bright, shiny new uh, pitch pitch leash model being incorporated <laughs> into the sim. Yeah, no, I uh, I played last night and I had a bunch of cores and they scored like two runs or whatever, which was kind of unfortunate. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, gotta gotta get ready for the for the FanDuel final. So that's right. Yeah, <laughs> get back into it. Cool. All right. Well, thanks again for coming on. Uh, thanks everybody for watching. I know there were some questions here that had come in before the the start of the show here today about just other stuff in general. Uh, I'll get to those on tomorrow's office hours. I'll be right back here again at two o'clock Eastern tomorrow. Um, so until then, good luck and see y'all later. Take care.